getting out of an abusive relationship early makes a huge difference. And I'm proud to say I did come in as a victim, but I am a survivor. Then I could see my mom. My mom was walking toward us and I got excited. And I was like, there's my mom. And then he didn't stop. I'm trying to keep it together, I said. I gave in to the tears and I hated that. It, it's not necessarily the easiest process. It's not necessarily the prettiest process, but it is the most effective process. Like you can do this. I'm gonna tell you 100% you can do this and you're so worth it to do this. I'm sure losing any child is is a real arrow through your heart, but but uh, you know she was she was great. She was a, a, a friend and a family member and our daughter. It feels just as good the tenth time as it did the first time uh, to have one of your citizens that you're out there protecting walk up and tell you thank you. There is one thing stronger in me than fear, and that's my determination. Welcome back. This is Jen Lee, the creator and host of I Need Blue, Survivors Talk Surviving. Visit www.ineedblue.net for additional stories. As you listen, if the message moves you, share it with friends and family. The more we share, the more we learn, the more we help. Please note, I Need Blue does contain stories which feature graphic content and could be a triggering Please seek help if needed, and remember, you always come first. Today's episode is brought to you by Diane and Harry Zizzo, wellness advocates for doTERRA. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. Contact Diane at 321-749-9893. Now about my story. It was almost a decade ago. About two months prior to the robbery, there had been 12 stores that had been in a similar situation. I worked for a chain women's clothing store, and some of our stores had been hit. He didn't have a gun. He just took the cash and left. After these incidents, security was put into our stores to say, hey, we have eyes on you. It was for our protection as well. A month and a half later, the robbery stopped and security was pulled out of our stores. About four days before the robbery, my district manager came to visit. Another robbery had occurred just a few days prior. The robberies were starting up again. She came to visit and asked if I felt safe. I said yes. I said the other robberies had occurred about 20 miles north of where we were, so I didn't have any reason to think that he would actually come down our direction. About a week prior, we had a conference call on what to do if you were involved in an armed robbery. Such things were taught as use slow movements so as not to startle. Say very little and give them what they want because your safety is more important. I found it to be a good listen, but honestly, I never thought that I would be putting those words into action. It was a Saturday about 7 p.m. So needless to say, for a Saturday, there was a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot of people around. 
It had anchor stores on each end, a movie theater nearby, hotels. It was kind of close to the freeway. That day, it was me, store manager, and my sales associate working. There was about nine people total in the store, all ages. At 7 p.m., I was in our fitting room area helping about four different people. I was having fun like I always did with the ladies in the fitting room. All of a sudden behind me, I hear, Give me all your money. I really didn't believe what I heard, but I kind of stopped. And again, I heard, Give me all your money. I turned around and the first thing I noticed is a gun pointed at me. I look up. Here's a man in a black mask. I look back at the gun and turn, head towards the register area. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see him wave the gun for the other people in the store to follow my lead. I think the scary thing for me at that moment is I realized that he had to have been watching me to know that I was the one he needed to go to, to get the money. And it was like, how long had he been watching me? How long had he been in the store for days, hours? How did he know enough to recognize who I was? Or was this just a spur of the moment decision? After all, there was only two of us there. I got to the register and I'm hearing the words from my conference call, say as little as possible. He had lined the other customers up in front of the cash register. He asked for their wallets, any money they had. I opened the first register and I gave him the cash. So as to not speak, I used my hand and I moved it across the till where the coins are held. It was my way of asking him if he wanted the loose coins too. He said no. I put the till back in the register and I went over to the other one. Keep in mind, at this point, I can hear praying. I can hear crying. Remember one of the customers hushed somebody else because she thought they were praying too loud and it might upset the robber. I could see the panic and the fear and the other people around me. I emptied out the other register. I left the till on the counter. I got done and he says, Where is your safe? I said, we don't have one. It was concerning because I was being honest with my response, but I was worried that he didn't believe me. And what would he do if he thought that I was lying? Also, I knew with the other robberies that this situation was going a little bit differently. He just took the cash and left, but he's still here. He saw the back door, which led to our back room, the back office. He waved his gun and he said, I want you to go back there. In that moment, because I knew he had all of our money and I didn't know what else he wanted, he waved the gun and I ushered for everyone to go in front of me because I wanted to be last. Several things happened in that moment. One of the most monumental being was I had like this out-of-body experience. I didn't think about the fact that I was a mom or a daughter or a friend or an aunt. These strangers had now become my kids. They became my family. 
And more than anything, I felt an extreme need to protect them. I wanted them to go first. Because again, not knowing what his intention was, if he was going to hurt someone, I wanted it to be me because I needed to protect them. They made their way around the corner into the back room where my desk was. Before I could get to them, he stopped me again. Where is your safe? Again, I explained to him, I said, we don't have a safe which was true. We rounded the corner. At this point, we're in the back room and we're all lined up at my desk. He had me pull the phone out of the wall and then he asked for our cell phones as well. You know, our cell phones are very personal. It's like our diary. It has all of our photos, our contacts, everything. I watched the other people give up their cell phone from their purse or their pocket. While they're doing this, he asked me about this other room that is back there. I told him that is storage. It's where we keep hangers and fixtures. Instinctually, I knew that was where he was going to put us. I also knew I hadn't given him my cell phone. But I knew when I was going to have to turn and walk into that room, the outline of my cell phone would show through my pants. But it wasn't worth him seeing it and not knowing what he would do. So I gave him my phone as well, just like the others. Now I have no landline and no cell phone. Have you heard of doTERRA Deep Blue Stick? I suffer with lower back issues. I ice it, I heat it, I take pain relief pills, I roll something on it. You know, the normal steps. I rarely get the relief I'm looking for. Does that sound like you? Listen up. The morning I met Diane, the pain in my back was consistent and throbbing to the point I couldn't sit in the chair any longer. I had to stand. I felt out of place, but I couldn't help it. A minute later, Diane, who happens to be a wellness advocate with doTERRA, looks at me and says, Your back hurts, doesn't it? I said yes. Diane was an expert at noticing my discomfort, and I was an amateur at hiding it. She hands me doTERRA deep blue stick. Put some on your back, she says. I was skeptical, but I was willing to try anything. It was so easy to use, and it rolled on smoothly. Let me tell you, this doTERRA deep blue stick was magic. An hour later, I told my husband in amazement, My pain is gone. If you want relief, contact Diane at 321-749-9893. Instinctually, I knew that was where he was going to put us. We were all lined up against the back wall. I can hear crying, praying, the same things that... I have heard throughout this whole ordeal. He looked at us and he said, Don't say anything and no one will get hurt. Goes over to the door, looks at us again, points the gun at us and says, Don't say anything and no one will get hurt. He shuts the door. 
At this point, it's semi-dark and we're stuck in this room. There are younger people crying and praying. Same thing I had been hearing this whole time. I look over a lady that I was helping in the fitting room was starting to have a panic attack. I went over to her. I pinned her arms up against the wall. I was looking straight into her eyes, her brown eyes. They were just beautiful. I had such a connection with this lady, even out at the fitting room. To see her starting to go into a panic attack was very concerning. I had her pinned up against the wall, but I could feel her body, the weight of her body start to go down. There was somebody else in the room that I knew had more strength. So I called them over. I said, listen, I need you to help me because otherwise she's going to fall. The last thing I wanted was for her to fall. They came over and helped me. Next thing I knew, we get her down onto the ground and she's still panicking. If you see someone have a panic attack, it's like they can't catch their breath. And it's a very scary, scary moment. It's a helpless moment. From there, she starts to have another medical emergency. You have to understand, I know how to put on a Band-Aid, and that's the extent of my medical experience. I didn't watch ER. I didn't watch Grey's Anatomy. That was not my type of show. I just didn't watch. The first moment I started to panic in this whole situation was when I was watching her laying there. She was getting worse and into a situation that I had no idea how to handle. I found out my sales associate still had her phone, thank goodness. Also at that time, I heard the doorbell go off, and that meant either somebody left or somebody entered. I was praying that the robber had left, but I didn't know for sure. I told my sales associate to go behind me, and I said, I need you to get on your phone and call 911. She said, okay. 911, what's your emergency? In the meantime, I hear the doorbell again, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if he's come back. So then I'm worried that somebody's going to shove the door open. It's going to be the robber. He's going to see her on the phone, and then, Lord, we're going to have one heck of a serious, stressful situation. She hung up with 911. I told her, I said, turn off your ringer, put it away, and just sit here. I remained in control somehow. I watched this lady's situation get worse. I don't know how I managed to keep my panic under control, but somehow I did. I heard the doorbell go off again. I don't know who's in the store. I don't know what's going on outside of the door. I had her give me her phone so that I could call 911 again. Not knowing who was in the store, I made the phone call because if the robber did push open the door, I wanted him to see me on the phone and not anyone else. 911, what's your emergency? 911, they were wonderful. I told them, I said, I have this medical emergency. I need you to help me because I don't know what I'm doing. They were so patient and so helpful and professional. And honestly, I don't know what I would have did if they hadn't have been there to walk me through. As I'm on the phone with them, all of a sudden, the door to the room is pushed open. For a moment, I was afraid that it was the robber, that he had come back. But no, it was the police officers. 
I can tell you in that moment, there were so many emotions going on with everybody in that room. There was a sense of relief, a sense of breathing. You could hear everybody just take a breath because we knew we would be safe now. We were safe. I will never forget that moment. doTERRA was founded in 2008 with the mission of sharing tested-grade essential oils with the world. I am fortunate to have met one person in this world, Diane, who is a doTERRA wellness advocate. As she says, we didn't meet by accident, but rather by purpose. Personally, I'm not well-versed when it comes to essential oils, but I will say when she fixed me a glass of cold water with a couple of drops of tangerine, I felt energized for the rest of the day. It was great. If you too would like to learn how a couple of drops can change your day, contact Diane at 321-749-9893. Her contact information can also be found at www.ineedblue.net under the Sponsor tab. The ambulance came. They immediately started to assist the lady who was having the medical emergency. At that point, they ushered the customers out of the room and had them sit in the shoe department area they needed to get their information and any details of what they remembered. I remember an officer looking at me and saying, you look relatively calm for everything that's going on. I said to him, give me a couple of hours and I'm not going to be okay. I said, right now, I need a cigarette. And that's where I'm going to stop my story today. In the next episode, I'm going to go over with you what happens to you as a victim, what you go through in your head as you try to cope and understand everything that is going on. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope my story has touched someone and they understand that they are not alone and we are here to talk and we are here to listen. Go to www.ineedblue.net. Subscribe. We can start talking and helping each other and showing our appreciation for our law enforcement and first responders. Because I know firsthand how essential they are. Thank you again for listening to I Need Blue. This is Jen Lee.